You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour three. Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Bad news. Um, our pal Adnan Verdnan. Adnan Verdnan. <laughs> Adnan Verk. <laughs> Adnan Verdnan. Where did Adnan that come Verdnan. from? <laughs> Man. See what happens when I get sleep? <laughs> I actually had a good night's sleep for the first to? time in weeks last night. And now and it's like blah, 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 all morning. So, man, I should go drinking tonight yeah. just to make sure I'm on point tomorrow. Yeah. I need you. I need you. On I a, need you hungover and no sleep. And then you're on point. Two hour turn. You sloppy yeah. mess. Man, God. Adnan Verk not going to join us. Sleep for me. I know Adnan Verk not going to join us. Uh, had something come up. Uh, I want to ask you. Um, me. Yeah, you at 8.30. Um, do we have a Chris Tanev issue? Oh, oh wow. Okay, we're going to go there after a 6-3 win. Okay, sure. D- I want to ask you a question. Yeah, but I want to ask GVP, great. And, uh, GVP a question, too. Thanks. Great. Looking forward to it. I want to do it at 8.30. Yeah, great. I, it's not really. I just I have, I have a question to ask you. Okay. Okay? Yeah, I'm ready. I'll do that at 8.30. Okay. Uh, but right now, lots of uh, storylines after week nine of the National Football League, well, uh, this our guy's man. game. Oh yeah, Charles Davis, NFL analyst for CBS Sports. Brought to you by Tom's House of Pizza. Pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. Charles, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Did you have the 28th version of Tom's Pizza, and maybe it's got a little something different? In it <laughs> yeah, you? it happens, Charles. Like, I got—I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how I messed up Adnan Burke's name so terribly I when love, he's. That, I got to tell you, yeah. I loved it. I okay. loved it, and I'm telling you, when you said it and you called him Adnan Verdnan, <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I was crying back. All right, I, because. Yeah. I said this is absolutely great because yeah. which direction can you go with this? Nowhere. Adnan Verdnan sounds yeah. like something on adults on Adult Swim. It does. At two in the morning. <laughs> we're, we're <laughs> it's a yeah. bunch of cartoons, yeah, and totally I'm really does. uncomfortable watching it. I'm right. Just, what is happening? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's... You're, you're you're very uncomfortable, but you're still watching. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Why yep. am I laughing at this? This is terrible. Yep. And and then you're saying to yourself, who in my friend group can I tell that I was actually watching it and see if they'll discuss it with me? And you're and you're picking and choosing in your mind. Mm-hmm. And how many times do you just you know how you could just get yeah. out to go out at the edge of the edge of the the diving board and you're just getting ready to say, you know, did you guys see Adnan Verdnan? <laughs> Someone makes a disparaging comment about it and goes, that who the heck watches Adnan Verdnan? Like yep. that is just. Stupid issue, and you're like, nope, not gonna say it. Yeah, uh, sometimes it. <laughs> uh, the brain and mouth just aren't connected, and I have no uh, reason uh, behind it, Charles. We've um, all been there. Yeah, whatsoever. There, I just no We've idea how that there. even uh, came out. Um, <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, please, please tell me you're gonna share it with Adnan. Okay, we will. I will absolutely share it with Adnan uh, when we catch up with him. Oh, that is great. Uh, later oh. this week. Um, Charles, uh, Sunday Nighter was a beauty last night. Uh, Bengals and Bills. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know my co-host is a big Bengals guy. Um, wanted to ask you this: Do the Bills have a problem at head coach? Mm. Oh, that's a, you know, wow. Okay, all right. That's and, how and we're going to go. go from Adnan Verdnan to to, to, to a serious Sean McDermott. And here it is: I think Sean McDermott <laughs> has done a terrific job as Bills head coach. Yeah. Changed the culture. Him and Brandon Bean changing the culture of the Buffalo Bills. But I think now it's time to bring an offensive guy to take this team to the next level. Your thoughts? 
I think that they can get there with Sean. I, I just my my question has been for probably two seasons now. The just flat out refusal to run the football more than what they do. And I know it seems like football 101 and I'm like trapped in a, in a, in an era gone by. But I've got this 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 gorgeous specimen at quarterback named Josh Allen who I am having do everything. Yep. And I, you guys know there's going to be diminishing returns at some point. I don't want to use up the best of him doing everything because I could have him longer if I have someone else who would do some of the other things. And they have some capable people. They just don't stay with it. I'm sorry. Like that, that would be the argument. Like if Brandon Bean sitting here, and he and I have actually discussed this before. I'm not telling tales out of school. And I'm quite sure that if Brandon you know, was listening now, he's like writing a note to himself, remind yourself to punch Charles Davis dead in his face. Because <laughs> this is what I say to him all the time. A big back, take some of these carries and hits off of Josh, press the run a little bit more, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, we're scoring almost 30 points a game. We're doing this. And I don't have much of an argument. I just think it's the long game. And guess what? I feel like it's caught up with them a little bit. Mm. And by the way, they're five and four right now. Okay. Have you looked at what they've got coming up? Ooh, it's tough. Bit of a slate. (laughs) Tell tell me where the run is with the the teams they have coming up, meaning – Okay, you know, a team like Buffalo is like, I know we're five and four, but we're good enough. We can go on a run. All right, you just look at the schedule. Anybody got the schedule there? Look at the schedule, and then you tell me where the run is. Well, they got Denver, New York first, so you can maybe pencil in a two. Jets are tough, man. Yeah, They've won four straight. And then you got Philly, bye week, Kansas, Dallas, L.A., New England, Miami. Woof. Okay, Okay, so so where's the run, right? And remember, Denver now is not – Denver getting 70 put on them. Okay. New York, they didn't beat New York when Aaron Rodgers went out after four plays. And somehow New York is sitting there gritty at what, five and four and three, whatever their number is, is, it's a crazy number. And you're like, how the heck did we get there with them? So all I'm saying is I expect them to win those games, but none of them are gimmies. And by the way, Denver's on Monday nighter, I think. You think Denver won't be amped up to show the world, hey, we're not the same Denver we were three weeks ago? Right. So that's all I'm saying is that nothing is a gimme for them now. Nothing's a layup with how things are going. I still think Sean's the right guy. I I am not against that part at all. I just think that philosophically, Mm. (laughs) how Buffalo's gone about their offense and what they're doing, I've had that same question for them for two, three seasons, though. This is not new stuff. Um, Charles, how do how does how does that organization as a whole balance that Josh Allen with his rocket laser arm and his ability to use his legs and get into space? That's what makes Josh Allen so special. But at the same yeah. time, even last night, Charles, some of the hits that guy's taking, you're like, oh, you yeah. don't want to see your franchise quarterback take those hits. And I don't want Josh Allen to be the ghost of <laughs> Christmas future. That's Cam Newton. I don't want to see that. He needs a little lesson from yeah, old uh, like, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. How do you how do you balance that? Like what Josh Allen's legs make him special, but at the same time, I want you to be our franchise quarterback for years to come. How much do you think Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott wrestle with that while they're lying in bed at night? So you're saying you don't want him coming on your show and, and saying Adnan Verdnan. That's no, I don't. Saying. No, I absolutely don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look, they wrestle it all the time, but I can't sit here in good conscience and say, this is all on Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. Mm. There's a mirror and number 17 staring dead in it. 
Okay. They have talked about this multiple times and probably talking about it this morning. Hey, man, it's okay to get down every so often. Go back to earlier this season. I think it, I forgot who they beat, but at the end of the ball game, he had a run and he slid. And then he talked about it, smirking at the press conference about, yeah, someone owes me for that one. Do you see that slide at the end? Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> well, that was funny then. As we continue to go, they would like to see more of that from him. But Josh is such a, you know, he wants to be a tough guy. I love that about him. He wants to show his team he's going to be as tough as they are. Everyone loves that about him. But what they would love more is to make sure he's going to be there for them all 17 and continued on. The hard part is he's played through injuries for so long and hasn't missed ball games that they still have a tough time convincing him to do the things that they want to do. But for the second year in a row, is he not playing hurt again? Last year, you remember the Jets mm. game? It turned out to be his arm because of the, the hit he took from Bryce Huff at the end of the game, and he played through it, but he wasn't the same guy. I don't think there's any question that his right shoulder is hurting him, and you can see it on certain throws and in certain positions, and he may still makes the runs, and he still shows up as a tough guy. But I'm not going to sit here and say Brandon Bean and, and Sean McDermott are complicit or just sitting by and saying, do what you want, Josh. They've, they've been on their knees begging him to take care of himself and protect himself a little bit more. Josh Allen plays with full out abandon, which we love, but at the same time, you better hold your breath because I don't know that we're getting the best of him. If he's having to play hurt all the time, Charles for the Bengals, their defense in particular, they don't have a Jalen Ramsey in the secondary or a miles Garrett down on the defensive line. Why is this working so well for them right now? In all five of their wins, they've allowed less than 20 points. They work so hard to get to what they call unconscious, what they call unconscious competence. And what that means is the ability to, every person knows every role. So whatever happens, if that guy goes left, you know to go right. The adjustment takes place, all that other stuff. It's a, it's, a, it's a full scale, all 11, quote unquote, truly working together. Like if you were in soccer, it's like the beautiful game and playing it that way, right? Where touch, move, touch, move, all that. That's how they try and do it defensively. And it comes with a lot of teaching, study, adjustments. You've got to be locked in on this thing. And they hold each other accountable for it. It's not just a coaching staff. Lou Anarumo, defensive coordinator, puts it in place. He's hard, demanding, caring, all those things but the players themselves are the exact same way within their own position groups and all the way through. So similar to the dolphins when, when, when I was a child and they had the no name defense, but we're winning super bowls. And then as we discovered on the no name defense were really some good players. We just, you know, just didn't give their due during that time. That's kind of what we have with Cincinnati because we're not talking about people being superstars as you, as you put it. And you're right about that. But are you telling me Trey Hendrickson isn't a pro bowl player and mm-hmm. defensive end? He is. Sam Hubbard's a very good player at the other end. DJ Reader finally is getting some recognition as one of the best run stuffers inside. The two linebackers yep. are good players, Wilson and Pratt, and they play off of each other well. And then the secondary, when they lost Bates and they lost Von Bell, that's where it really started. Okay, we don't have anyone back here. But Awuzie's back. And keep an eye on number 29, Cam Taylor Britt. He's going to be a very good corner for years to come. Wanted to ask you about the game that you were calling over the weekend as well. Uh, What did you learn about C.J. Stroud this weekend leading up to the game, in the game, and maybe even after? He has no pulse. 
and I admire that on it in him. This kid just that last drive was like the first drive of the game for him. You didn't see him pick up the pace in terms of, you know, all of a sudden he's running around and gesturing and jumping. Guys, we got to go 46 seconds, two timeouts deep in their own territory. And he finds a way to take them down there. Now the touchdown throw was great, right? To, to, to the, the, the rookie uh, tank Dell, the throw before the touchdown throw was the throw Too deep coverage corner underneath safety over the top. You got to hit that dead zone, but you got to have touch and pace on the ball so that you can put it into that spot. That's your dead spot. And he put it right there. And the rookie toe taps, drags the foot, boom, off you go. He was like that throughout. I thought in the first half, there were a couple of times he tried to extend plays too long. Sometimes you just got to take your medicine and go, okay, throw it away, down, over, let's move on. I thought he did it too long. I actually said it. Second half, I saw none of that. It's almost like there's a little AI operating with this kid. Okay, I got input. I got to change it. I got to move it. And off we go. And he did. And you just watched him go. And you watch how these guys respond to him. And, yes, Jacksonville is going to win the AFC South, barring something crazy happening. But this Houston team is not going away at 4-4. Four and four, So they're going to spoil something for someone or they're going to press at the end if there's a, you know, that, that seventh team in the, in the playoffs. Because this team is just, it just keeps coming along, coming along. But that kid, the footwork I knew, the accuracy I knew, I wondered about at Ohio State, the pocket almost being clean all the, being clean almost all the time because he had such great talent. How would he handle a muddy pocket? He's handling it quite well. By the way, that was his fourth center since OTA's minicamp. And that was their fifth combination of offensive line that played on Sunday. And you've never heard him say a peep about it. He just goes and plays. He's beyond impressive for me. And remember, I liked Bryce Young better coming out in the draft. Mm -hmm. So we're we're not even a full season in, so I don't want to get there yet. But there couldn't have been a worse contrast yesterday for poor Bryce throwing two pick sixes. And C.J. Stroud setting a rookie record with 470 yards and the game winner. Charles, we talked about I was going to ask you, like, how do you think Panthers fans feel this morning? Oh, they're freaking out. You know, it's, it's, it's the normal thing. By the way, last week, the Panthers beat the Texans, and Bryce Young yeah. outplayed C.J. Stroud. But sure. one week later, <laughs> we picked the wrong guy. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, and, and it's a normal thing. I'm not even upset with Panther fans. That's just a normal deal, especially in the season they're having. But I will tell you, I have full confidence in this. If you reverse who's on which team – I'm not saying that they play it the same way. I'm not saying the numbers are actually the same. But Bryce Young's having much more success. And C.J. Stroud, we're wondering, hey, how's it going over there? Because the Panthers team that that Young's playing with, it's tough. The offensive line's been abysmal. And receivers can't get open other than Adam Thielen. Flip that over to what you're getting in Houston. Nico Collins is having a career year. Tank Dell has really been a revelation as a rookie. Dalton Schultz continues to come on and play better and better at tight end. You see where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. He's got better people around him, even with all the line changes and everything that we've seen. They played their fifth different offensive line combo. It's better than the first unit of the Carolina this year. Ike Aquano, the left tackle, who's picked so high, he's been awful. Okay? Awful. And, and that's just, that just should not be in his second year. Charles Davis, uh, NFL on CBS analyst, joining us here, courtesy of Tom's House of Pizza, Big Show, Russick and Rose. 
Sportsnet 960, the fan. Are the Ravens the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC? I think so at the moment. I think so because of their ability to run the football, their their innate toughness in who they are as an organization. Um, Lamar Jackson continuing to get more and more comfortable with the, the, the new things that have been introduced by Todd Monk and the offensive coordinator. They can ring the bell running it. They can ring the bell throwing it. And truthfully, I mean, I hate to say it, but they should be undefeated right now. Mm-hmm. Like the two, the two games they lost, they literally kicked away at home <laughs> against against Indianapolis. Seriously, yep. I mean, had it un, had it totally under control, let it get away. Pittsburgh at, at Pittsburgh throttled Pittsburgh ninety five percent of the game and gave up one big touchdown at the end and lose. It just shouldn't have happened. I mean, both times. That team is getting better, I think. And right now, to me, they're the biggest threat because Kansas City's got to figure it out on offense. I can't believe I just said that, but it's true. Yeah, They've got to figure out what's going on offense. They believe they can, but how, who would have thought that Kansas City would have a top five, top seven defense, and that's what's carrying them right now. Did you see the video of Jim Irsay after the Colts win? Dancing to Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill? Remember what we said about Adult Swim? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, oh my God, you're so right. <laughs> There's certain things we just shouldn't admit. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Here, here's how we're going to say it. I heard, yeah, someone mentioned something about that. Let's just, let's just go there. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when we saw Mr. Crack dancing with Meek Mill. Remember that one? Yeah. Or, uh, Oh, what's the owner of the Raiders after the WNBA title? Yeah. Yeah, Mark, Dave, Mark yeah. Davis. Yeah, yeah when he was dancing with the WNBA group. Yeah, that was uncomfortable. You, Owners dancing. You know, it's really – it's funny, isn't it? Because tell me what you think of this quick contrast. Mm. Owners dancing, we are cringing, right? We're <laughs> like, ah. Yeah. But in college football, after big wins – the coaches come in and dance, yeah. and we can't get enough of it. Yeah, we right. can't get enough of the video. So you tell me. I, I don't know why we have that different feeling. Maybe <laughs> it's because of the age. Maybe it's because they are the creme de la creme in terms of the money, and we're supposed to treat them, you know, look at them differently. But they're all doing the same thing. They're just out having fun, and we shouldn't really be doing it that way. But there is a difference, isn't there? Don't we look at it differently? Like when I see Mac Brown dancing and then doing, yep. you know, he's doing the Macarena and the rest of the guys are doing whatever we're doing nowadays. That's a little bit, you're like, oh, okay, how, how much fun does he have? And, you know, Mike Gundy <laughs> would jump into it and then, you know, cut the rug and the whole deal. And then we see an owner doing, we're like, no, don't do that. <laughs> why, why do we say that? Let them have some fun. What's wrong with us? It makes my skin crawl. That's usually the thing. Hey, I wanted to ask you, Josh Dobbs, (laughs) is he going to get a four-year extension this week, five-year extension? What are we thinking? Listen, at least pick up his travel costs. Did you hear about about the the whole thing and how it went down? No. Did you see that? I think Peter King had it in his column today. If you get a chance, read Peter King's column today. Because Josh had just gotten, you know, he's in Arizona because, remember, he got traded. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, from uh, Cleveland to Arizona. So still looking Arizona. for his jersey in Arizona in the yes. pro shop. Yes. It's still not there. Looking, yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. But but remember after that last game he played there, they asked Jonathan Gann, the head coach, who's going to start next. He said Josh is going to start next week. And then he changed his mind, I think, on Monday or Tuesday. I can't remember what it was. Called Josh in and told him, hey, I've changed your heart. I'm not going to start you, blah, 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 blah. And Josh said, well, that's fine. <laughs> okay, if that's what you want to do. But please, you know, just keep me around because – my furniture just got delivered, and I'm just moving into a home. 
And he calls his agent, tells him what's going on. Agent said, you know, keep one bag packed just in case because the trade deadline was coming up. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, he's on a five o'clock to Minneapolis. <laughs> I mean, oh it's just God. the craziest thing, right? And then you saw the story yesterday, right? He gets there. He has one practice where he's around the guys, but he doesn't really participate. Mm-hmm. So the first snap he ever took from Garrett Bradbury was on the sideline when it was time for him to go in. <laughs> and they had to practice cadence on the sideline. And then after the game, uh, Jordan Addison said, they asked him about catching a, a touchdown pass from him. He said, well, that's the first ball I ever caught from him. I didn't even catch a warm-up ball from him. So and then they asked Josh Dobbs, do you know these guys? He's like, ah, kind of, sort of. But, you know, that's, that's for next week. Learning their names is for next week. How great a story is this? It's one of the best stories about what he's done. Think about what he's done just in this year. Going to Arizona and becoming the starter right away. Yep. Going to Minnesota and having to come in when Jaron Hall got hurt and beating Atlanta in Atlanta. Oh, by the way, Josh Dobbs, Alpharetta, Georgia. Right there in Atlanta is where he went to high school, and he does that in Atlanta yesterday. Um, he's a Tennessee Vol, so I'm very proud of him. And by the way, if he's not doing this, he'd probably be working for NASA. All right, mm-hmm. Tennessee, we had to create a new curriculum for him because he turned down Stanford to go to Tennessee. Aeronautical engineering, that type of deal. They wow. had to create a curriculum for Josh Dobbs. That's how smart this young man is. Uh, more impressive, Vikings at five and four, or the Jets at four and three. I'm going to say the Vikings hmm. because I expect them to take a bigger step back this year. They are playing a lot tougher and hanging in there better than I really anticipated. Kirk Cousins or not, the Jets. I knew that defense was so darn good. I just didn't think it's sustainable if the offense doesn't give them anything. And the offense has given them a little bit more than I expected. Now, I still think it's going to be a battle for them to be 500 all the way through because it's just not enough. But at the same time, Minnesota, I think I told you guys in preseason, if there's going to be a team that took a step back, to me it was going to be the Vikings. So to see them where they are right now, that's really impressive, especially after yesterday. (laughs) And if we got Kevin O'Connell on their head coach and gave him some sodium pentothal, some some, some truth serum, Mm -hmm. There's no way he says that they win that game after after the quarterback gets hurt. Uh, Josh, go meet your new teammates and see if you can get us a win. Hi, I'm Josh. I'm your new quarterback. Because that's essentially what he was doing Incredible. in the huddle. Um, Charles, I just saw a video of a Minnesota Vikings fan shaving his eyebrows because of yesterday. So oh, okay, that's, they're handling this yeah. well. Yeah. Hardcore. Um, yeah, we know. Yeah, you know, you know, Josh alopecia. So that, that's what it is with him. He has alopecia uh, and he's had it since a, a young age. So he has no eyebrows, hair, et cetera. So the fans are celebrating with him that way. I love that. Awesome stuff. Um, Charles, I really want to believe in the Miami Dolphins as a Super Bowl contender. Um, I wouldn't do I, it yet. I just can't. Like, beat somebody with a good record, and then I can I can get on board. I, I lo- and I love Mike McDaniel. Like, I, I love it. I love his weirdness. I love it. I love that he can <laughs> run the football. I love everything about the Dolphins, and I love their explosiveness. But, Charles, until they beat somebody, I just can't get on board. Can you? Yeah, I think that's where we all are, but I don't think they're as far off as maybe we're wanting to make it because we really don't you sense the major disappointment because they haven't beaten someone good because we like watching them play. So we want them to be one of the top teams so that we get to play off time. Here come the Dolphins mm-hmm. and so far they're 0-3, but look, they were a couple of plays away yesterday. Kansas City was up 21 zip. Mm-hmm. They should have walked in. Uh-uh. It was really close. Miami kind of imploded down the stretch. Catch a snap. 
give yourself a chance. They didn't do it. The Philadelphia game they lost on a Sunday night. They were getting run. They came back, made it a tough game. They've got to find a way to get over the hump. You know who I equate them to right now? Mm. Dallas. Yeah. They and Dallas have to have to have a convincing win somewhere for us to all get on board. But you know it's it's they're capable. But when are they going to do it? That's what we're asking both of these squads. Charles, I wanted to ask you something about while you're doing the broadcast. I'm watching Red Zone on Sunday, and yeah. there was a lot of you guys because your game was going <laughs> off. Are a lot you, happening. There's a lot going on. There was. Are you aware when you're like, this is going to be on Red Zone, and you're like, okay, Ian, like, no. let, let me dive in here. Let me kind of get a, cut a couple words in here, give my two cents. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, no, but now that you brought it up, I'll be thinking about it. You're welcome. You're very welcome for that. Yeah. <laughs> now, that, now that you brought it up, I'll be like, I'll take that, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> let me get in here. The whole world is watching. Hold on. And the next thing you'll hear is this smack, and you'll be like, ooh, I just slapped Charles. <laughs> so so I, I won't be doing that part. But, no, I really – I mean, I don't think any of us actually think about it. You hear about it later. Um, I think we're all smart enough and aware enough to know that when big scoring plays happen, big moments happen, you know the red zone's going to pick it up. Mm-hmm. But I don't know anyone who's consciously saying, oh, red zone just picked it up. i got to get a couple more words in. You know, I, I just don't – I don't – I choose to believe – that we don't think in those terms. Mm. And if we do, I think we get exposed pretty fast. I really do. I think people are pretty savvy about it. At least your partner would say, Hey dude, what are you doing? You I, know, <laughs> I, mean, I was just like, thinking, I would have been doing it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been doing yeah, it constantly. And, 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 and then we'd all be, we all be unemployed saying Adnan Verdnet. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much <laughs> kind of how it works. Pretty much. Um, do you like, again, like you, you I know doing this job, and we we have like you know here. just a, a a tiny tiny uh, listenership here, and we're 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 really proud of what we do. No, what, hold on, but what we're you do, no, hold on, you but, know that. But what you do is is incredible, and the amount of people watching is it is it a case? And Maddie and I have had this discussion too off the air. It's like when you and I are doing a broadcast, and you know how many people are watching and listening. You just live in this little bubble where you kind of forget about that, right? And it's just about yep, doing the do. the game and doing the analysis. You do, and I tell people all the time, I know that I'm prepared to the best of my ability because I just won't let myself not be because my dad, teacher, coach, the whole thing, to this day, if he talk, when we talk in the middle of the week, he asks me if I've studied enough. And then if I tell him, yeah, dad, I think I have, he always says, well, you should probably study some more because you realize you're the first guy they'll replace. So you better be ready to go. That's just kind of how I've been raised, and, and to this day, my dad will still say those things to me. But once you get going, right, I mean, and for me, I'm confident until I hear this in my ear right before we come on air for the open. And you guys know what it's like when you open a broadcast, right? Like, you know, your producers say, okay, one minute, right, or whatever. When I hear 30 seconds, without fail, every bit of knowledge I have in my head leaves. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right right there and then. (laughs) Right? You guys know what I'm talking about. I'm pretty sure – you're, you're going to understand this, and I'm pretty sure you've experienced it in some form or another, right? Oh, God, what about that note I had? Ah, and then you hear 20, <laughs> 15, Where am and I? now, and right at that moment, do you know I am fighting panic? Yeah. At that moment, I'm like, okay, be cool, be cool. Five, four, three, and miraculously, bang, it's back. 
It's the weirdest sensation, and I do it almost without fail. And I'll be frank with you. If I don't feel it, that usually means it's going to be a bad day. I'm not – something has gone haywire. you got to have that little extra, right? Mm-hmm. The butterflies have to have iron wings because yep. if they don't – for whatever reason, you're not juiced enough for the day. You're not you're not locked in for the day. That's just the way it is for me. I think you guys know what I'm talking about in whatever form it takes for you when you do your broadcast every day. When that producer says a certain amount of time, yep. whatever the yucks were, whatever the fun was, hey, it's all fun and games till someone gets hurt. Well, yep. that's what it feels like before the broadcast. And then once you get going, as you said, you don't think about millions out there. You're talking to your partner. You're talking to your your colleague who's on the sideline, your producer and director are talking to you, other people in the truck, and you're in your own little world. I think you're probably in a similar situation. Um, I just know uh, just working in this business as long as I have, uh, nerves are a good thing. It means you care. Yeah. Yeah. Think about the days that you went in and you really didn't feel nervous. Did that Was that a great day? Usually mm-hmm. not. Well, I know today Usually it was. Not. I know today it was well rested, and I came out with uh, Adnan Verdnan. So maybe I need to go uh, well, you, have a couple of drinks and zero sleeps us, tonight. Sometimes you got to do something to balance it out. Yep, it's true. <laughs> you know, so, true. You know the old the old school quarterbacks. I don't know if you ever read Kenny Stabler's book. If you have a chance to find it, I'm sure it's out of print. I think it's called. They call me Scrambler or something. I forgot what they call. Whatever. Mm-hmm. No, that was Fran Tarkenton's book. Anyway, find Kenny Stabler's book. It is one of the greatest books, and how he actually made it to stadiums and played at a Hall of Fame level is beyond me. But he had one of the all-time great quotes when they asked him about <laughs> about learning the playbook, getting ready for the game plan, and all that. He said, "Hey, nothing wrong with learning the game plan by the light of the jukebox." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> now could you imagine in today's football uh, you had a quarterback like that? And Kenny Stabler wasn't alone. It was a different time, a different era. Like we've seen all the pictures of Len Dawson with a with a heater at halftime of the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just a whole different ball game than where we are. But those guys, they were a different breed of cat. And Kenny Stabler made it work all the way to the Hall of Fame. Uh, you're all. I Hall wish of there was more coaches smoking darts. I gotta yeah, say, it's true. On I, the I, I do wish there were more yeah. coaches smoking darts. They're bad for you, but it, and, it's a good look. And saying things like <laughs> matriculate the ball down the field, fellas. Yeah. Matriculate the ball. Yeah. Well, yeah. he takes that a deep drag. My, that, You just, you just gave me one of the all-time great quotes. <laughs> we need more coaches. We need more coaches smoking darts on the sideline. They're yep. bad for you, but it's a good look. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Tough. Makes them look tough. Argue me on that one. They look yeah. great. Yeah. Makes them look tough. Um, There's nothing like those guys in their post-game presser, if you ever seen the old school yeah. coaches. Because you remember the old school coaches would wear a coat and tie. Yep. Remember, they were all suited and booted. Yep. And then the post-game presser, when you ask them a tough question, their number one go-to move was to take a heavy drag <laughs> while they contemplated their answer. Uh, right? Like, like a detective. Half, they take about yeah. half the cigarette down. Yeah. You, see, you see the ash, and then they look at you and give you that disdainful look as they blow smoke out, make some type of a comment to disparage you. <laughs> Everyone else would laugh, and they'd move on. <laughs> ash it and move on. Next Great question. Uh, no. Charles Davis, oh, NFL good. analyst. Yeah, and, on... and don't forget, they put, and they flick the ash at you. Yeah. Like, oh, flick yeah. at you like yeah. you. You, you're, you're unworthy of, yeah. of this cigarette. Uh, Charles Davis, NFL on CBS. Always a pleasure. Uh, Charles, thanks for this. We'll talk to you next week. 
Thanks a lot, guys. And you worked that thing out at 8.30 after a 6-3 win. I can't wait to hear how that comes All right. Out. Awesome yeah. stuff. Uh, great, great job, Charles. All right. Be, be good. Thanks, Charles. There he is, Charles Davis, uh, brought to you by Tom's House of Pizza. Pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. Um, want to ask you about Chris Tanev. Does he smoke darts? I don't know. Probably not. He chews gum. Yeah. Um, I want to ask, I don't, maybe issue is a strong word. But I've noticed something about Chris Tanev that I want to get you and GVP's opinion about. Oh, okay. We'll do that next. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Double bubble. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Um, wrap up what we did uh, for our Sports Select. Big bets brought to you by Sports Select. Uh, Maddie again on an absolute heater this entire season, uh, five and one. Like I yeah, hope like you're betting don't, these. Don't like stack them all together, but you're a scorching thirty-four, eighteen and two on the season. <laughs> that is scorching. Uh, Patrick three and three, twenty-six, twenty-six and two. Even Steven juiced out. Uh, your boy two and four, uh, twenty-six and twenty-eight on the season. Two for three on unders again this week. Went three for four on You've unders been the again under last king. week. You've been the under king. Went two for three on unders the week prior. You're the under king. Points are hard to score. They are in the National Football League. And all the quarterbacks and good players are getting hurt. So, um, Flames uh, have the night off before uh, they host the Nashville Predators tomorrow night down at the Dome. Slight night in the air. NHL today. Uh, going to be interesting to see what the Oilers do against the Canucks. That's interesting. Eight o'clock start. Get uh, got I'm a good. Uh, up till eleven o'clock to watch Canucks Oilers. Got a good Monday. Nighter. I'm not going to do it. Okay. Uh, got a good Monday nighter tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. Jets and uh, Chargers. Very intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wanted to ask you about a specific blue liner on the Calgary Flames. Oh, okay. Uh, a lot's been made of um, Noah Hannafin and whether or not he's going to sign with the Flames long term. Uh, Rasmus Anderson gets a suspension, uh, mm-hmm. and we and we've seen what kind of a hole he's left on the Flames' blue line in his four-game absence. Sure. Mackenzie Weger, I think, has continued his strong play from the end of last season, where he he was starting to really uh, be that guy we all thought we were getting in Calgary. I wanted to ask you about the linchpin, the glue of the Calgary Flames uh, blue line. Chris Tanev averaging uh, 18-29 a night mm-hmm. on the ice. Uh, he has one assist on the season in 11 games played. Uh, he's a minus five on the year. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about this. Have you noticed a slight dip in his foot speed this season? Oh, in his foot speed? I guess. But then again, it wasn't necessarily. The thing I'm not that... saying he was like, I'm not saying he's Kale McCarr and he never was. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I feel like foot speed wise, he's lost a little bit this season. And I don't know what it is. Well, Agree I, or disagree? What, I think that it's pretty simple what it is. I just think it's it's age now. Okay. Am I worried about Chris Tano's foot speed? No, no, not really. Um, because the thing for me is that he he's a guy that will defend the rush to an extent, but for the most part, what he likes to do is shut things down on a cycle, block a shot, win a battle along the boards, chip it up to a winger, and have someone else get the puck out of the zone. Uh, a good first passer. He's not necessarily someone who I see going to join the rush, but no, yeah, I, I'm... I haven't noticed like a discernible drop in his foot speed. Like I, I, I don't think that's something that I've noticed watching the games. But 
I feel like it's around that type of time in his career where I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. Um, GVP, have you noticed maybe a tiny dip in this foot speed after uh, this season? Maybe, maybe a tiny dip. I kind of understand what you're saying, but that might that whole you know storyline of if is Tanev falling off might be a, a part of a bigger story of just how the Flames have kind of been dysfunctional in our own zone. Like in a lot of these games, we're, we're spending a lot of the game in our own zone. That it's why we've been struggling. We're still trying to figure out this defensive structure. You know, e- each of these shifts feel like we're having a tough time just breaking out of our zone. It feels like we're, we're taking multiple mar- multiple efforts just to get it out of the zone. So we're spending more time in our zone. That's hard on a decor. And a- as an aging player like Tanev, that, that could be a reason why he, you might be some slowing down on him. One of the other things here that I wonder about is a guy who's, you know, cycled through some line mates. I think a lot of people were excited to see maybe him and Zadorov or him and mm. Shillington together for the season. And Shillington obviously hasn't been available for the team. So he's, uh, uh, he's at this point, I don't think. Yeah. Well, well I don't think he's coming back. It is. What no, it is. I don't know. I don't know that. On, you, but you obviously no, don't want to hope not for saying, that. Listen, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying he's not coming back. I'm saying at this point, I don't think you can rely on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a better way of putting it. A hundred percent. Okay, so nevertheless, he's played. You know, over the course of his season, he's played thirty percent of it with Noah Hannafin. He's played thirty percent of it with Dennis Gilbert. He's played fourteen percent of it with Slovyov, and he's played ten percent with Mackenzie Wigger. Like he's moved, played with a whole bunch of different guys. He's played with a couple of young defensemen finding their way in Gilbert and Slovyov. Why do I struggle with that? But Soloviev, yeah, it rolls. Yeah, I know, but I get to it, and then my brain says, "Don't screw I this up," and then I screw. I it can't up say and... Habib's last name, the MMA fighter. Nurmagomedov. I, prob- I probably will never have to. So How there do you, you say go. Nurmagomedov. No, it's close, but it's not right. That's pretty close. I think. It's pretty close. I can't say it. Why don't you Nurmagomedov? Nurmagomedov. 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 I don't know. Okay. Anyway, continue your thoughts. <laughs> Foot speed isn't necessarily an issue for me for what I expect from Chris Tandov. That's, ask, that's the basis of my... Let me ask you this question, you and GVP. Who's uh-huh. had a better season on the blue line, Noah Hannafin or Chris Tandov? Ooh, that's a good one. Well, they do very different um, things. It's what I do. It's what I do, GVP. It's what I'm here for. Don't say that. Just Questions to, to, make, uh-huh. to, make you, to make you think. To make you go in the car and go, huh. Hannafin or Tanev? Who's had the better season, Matty Rose? So far. I would probably say no. That's not a good question. Don't put it on the board, Shan. For guess a only. guess has to say good question. Yeah, we're not doing Sit it. down. <laughs> Sit Shan. down, Shan. Sit down. Sit now. Down, okay, go ahead. Just totally normal things happening here in the studio. Okay, yeah. I don't, don't need to call HR. Um, it's a tough question mm-hmm. because they do very different things. Right, Ooh. I expect Noah Hannafin to they have specific roles, very specific roles on in this the team. sense that Noah Hannafin is like a first pair defenseman alongside Rasmus Anderson, and Chris Tanev at this point in his career is a third pair third pair penalty kill specialist. Mm-hmm. Like I, th- I think that's kind of the way I see Chris Tanev, and I think that's how Flames fans should probably look at this guy, and I think that's how opposing teams look at this guy, including opposing teams who might want to acquire him if the season you know turn does not turn the way that a lot of fans and the players are all hoping. He's been solid. I have not loved the way that he has handled the puck this season, but it's also not something that I necessarily rely on Chris Tanev to do, especially in the offensive zone. I thought they were asking him to do a lot when Rasmus Anderson was out, and you could definitely tell that there's a a decline from the way that Rasmus Anderson can play with the puck to what Chris Tanev is able to do. Um, But I think that there's been more games where I've noticed Hannafin in a bad way, but I've also had more games where Hannafin has popped in a good way. 
he's a lot more boomer bust. Whereas mm. Chris Tanev is kind of, he keeps it right along the medium. You know, if he has to touch the puck too much, it's usually a little bit lower. If he just is able to get out there, move the puck, defer, get it up the ice, quick breakouts, kill plays for the opposition, and just kind of do Chris Tanev things, I find that he usually just goes about his business and is a very solid defenseman in that sense. Uh, GVP, better season, Hannafin or Tanev so far? Uh, I, I would agree with Matty. I, I think, I think um, I mean, both of these guys play very, very different roles on, on Tanev's pairing when he is paired with with Gilbert or or a, or De Simone or a Soloviev, he, he's really asked to carry that pairing, in my opinion, especially in the defensive zone. And for the most part, I, I think he's done that, despite the fact that he is sitting at a minus five. He's kept other guys like Gilbert, you know, kind of afloat in our own zone defensively, especially in the turnover department. Gilbert here or there will still tend to turn the puck over, especially high in our own zone or in the neutral zone. But for the most part, I think he's you know, done his job more effectively than a guy like Noah Hannafin, where when, when when Noah Hannafin is at the peak of his game, everything about his game is very aesthetically pleasing. He's a fantastic skater. He's a good puck mover, uh, can can man a power play when he's asked to. Um, for the most part, I, I I feel like he struggled a little bit. Some of the things, like Maddie says, like there's just some nights where you can't really put your finger on it. He has just looked off. And, and for that reason, I would say, you know, Tana's probably been a bit, Solid, more solid this year. That's pretty much exactly what I'm thinking. Like you have Noah Hannafin out there who does a little bit more, touches every aspect of the game, probably has like five more minutes time on ice, has to play a lot tougher competition. I just think it's one of those things where you can compare them all day if you want, but it's just that Hannafin has asked more of they're him. they're doing different roles, almost completely different roles, almost opposite roles when you think about it. So it's hard to say who has been better per se. Um, but Chris Tanev, I think, is you know, like I said, had a little bit less boomer bust to his game this season. Would you go back to Vladar tomorrow night? Yeah. No, no. Why not? He won. Exactly. I'm kind of. I'm kind of with you, GVP. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not benching uh, Marshall. I mean, you're gonna. He's gonna have to play two of those next three games out east. But give him Toronto and Montreal. Yeah. Give Vladar Toronto or, or Marshall Toronto, Toronto Montreal. Yeah. But the other thing here is that the Flames have a week where they don't play very much. Like, they played Saturday. Before that, they didn't play since Wednesday. Now they're playing Tuesday, and then they have a whole bunch more time off. Like, I'd, I'd prob- not- I would probably try to get Jacob Markstrom back between the pipes, and then you worry about the back-to-back when the back-to-back comes. I just think that this team was so desperate to find a spark, and, like, that game on Saturday... You could even but hear he, it in some of the post-game remarks. The Flames absolutely needed that win. Yep. And they needed it. And, you know, Pospisil came up, provided a spark. Zari, the game before, came up, provided a spark. They put Dan Vladar in the net. That had to have been a spark. They ended up winning the game. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? I, I think I think Dan Vladar against Nashville is, is a good option, especially when, um, you know, Toronto's a team that's supposed to be elevating themselves. They're supposed to be a better team than Nashville Predators. I, I think it's not the worst thing in the world to give Vladar Nashville and then have Marshall between the pipes against Toronto. I'm with you. That's why I asked the question. I think he was really good. I think he won for the first time in seven games. You get back-to-back starts. You win the net and you get in there. And again, this isn't this isn't an indictment because as a whole, Jacob Markstrom's been their best player this entire season. Every so game Markstrom's been in, he's given us a chance to win. Yeah. It's been the play in front of him. But Hands I, down. Because of what I saw Saturday night and how good he was and rock solid he was in the net, I'd start him tomorrow. That's all I'm saying. I just don't think this is a tandem. 
I it's, think no, this, it, it's not. I think this is Jacob Markstrom's team. It it is, but you want a game in Seattle, maybe win another game at home. I'm just saying, like I, it's okay. Like you can give Markstrom a bit of time off. It's okay. I okay. Try selling that to Markstrom. That's right. the way I see it. Like okay, it, it, yeah. you're going to go well over a week between starts then. Mm-hmm. And and he's he was. But we'll been, need you to the next great. three coming up, up east. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but that's, that's how fun. you sell it. Yeah, but. You, if I'm Marks, I say, well, give me three of the next four. Okay. Again, I have another question. Um, sure. Kind of, out of the two games that we've won with Ladar and Ned, I like how you keep saying we. Okay. Sorry. Right. The Flames. Yes. My bad. We're like talking You're to the city of Calgary. You've said it a few times already. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm okay. talking to Calgary here. Hey, you don't have so. to get saucy about it. All right. I'm no, sorry. Right. Go ahead. You're the professional. You I'm just a no, 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 okay. no. I'm not a professional. Just anyway, don't, don't play for the team. Okay. But. Anyway, out of the out of the two games that the Flames <laughs> yes. have won yes. with Dan Vladar and Nett, and of the sample size that we have seen with Markstrom and Nett, who do you think, do you think the Flames play better in front of Vladar or with Markstrom? I think they play the same. You think yeah. so? Because that was kind of a thing last year where like Marsham was letting in the first goal. Well, it's not, it's shot, it's but. deflating, but yeah. he's, he hasn't been doing that. This you think season. it's about the same? I honestly think they uh, honestly Saturday's game. I think the desperation really sunk in, and they worked a lot harder than they have in previous games outside of what they did against Dallas. But there, was, you're right. There was a lot of desperation in that game Saturday in Seattle, and we saw it on the ice. Vladar gave them a chance, kept him in the game early on with that one spectacular save, especially. He was rock solid and gave him a chance to win. But the, the difference between Markstrom and Vladar and how they play, I don't think there's really a difference at all. Do you, Matty? No, I don't. And just crunching some numbers here. Uh, yeah, they <laughs> literally, when the Flames have Dan Vladar between the pipes, they average 25.6 shots against in three games. When they have Jacob Markstrom between the pipes, they average... 26 shots a game so less than a half yep. shot a game difference between when the two are between the pipes uh i just don't think i think yep. right now you have so much more to worry about with your forwards and your defensemen that if you're on this team you can't be worrying about who's been between the pipes because it's not like up in edmonton where neither of them have been able to get you a save both of them are good options their numbers might not suggest that yeah because they've both had a stinker or two but for the most part, both these goalies have given the team a chance to win in every single game. And I would just go to the guy that mm. I think is the netminder for this team right now. Uh, real quick, um, George yelling at GVP for some reason. You think this is a normal work environment at these guys from Chris. Uh, Chris, if you think I'm actually serious when I'm yelling at yeah, these it's, guys, it's constant. you clearly it's, don't even understand the whole tone it, of the show. It's really constant. It's He just wears you down. Yeah. Um, I can take it. <laughs> I can take it. Yeah. Um, it's just not, it's, it's not real. Like calm down a little bit. We're all here to have some fun. We're just talking about the flames and sports. It's really not that serious. We're here to have some fun. We're here to entertain slash educate with guys like Charles Davis for three hours. And then we shut it down and hand it over to GVP and Shan. What do you guys got coming up in Mucho Big Show? Well, we talked about it a little bit. This Oilers team is just... Having a lot of dysfunction. We're That's gonna, too bad. We're, yeah, we're going to try and diagnose what's going oh. on with the team up north there. We got uh, Derek Van Deest, regional writer, NHL.com, joining us. Cool. I All don't right. know I don't know if we really need to fix it, but we got to diagnose it. Yeah. We're, yeah uh, they we're gonna, stink. We're going um, to air, air our grievances. They smell. There's your diagnosis. There you go. Nice uh, one. <laughs> for, yeah, classy way to end the show. <laughs> yeah, real good. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a terrific Monday night. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu. Sit. Good dog.